Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome everyone to Too Good to be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject for today's show is famous psychics. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject and research it, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to explain by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. Relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names, we apologize. And neither of us have any particular knowledge of individual psychics or of their claimed abilities. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. There are many psychics practicing today, some with shows on national television with millions of viewers. 
We're not going to talk about living psychics, are we? No, three, ma- three female psychics that have passed. We may be able to learn from their lifetimes, hopefully to better understand the work and possible limitations of modern psychics. Who is the first psychic we're going to discuss? We're starting with Eileen Garrett, who became particularly well-known after the crash of the British airship R101 on October the 5th, 1930. Before we get into the crash, who was Eileen Garrett? Wikipedia provides a rather mixed biography. Quote, Eileen Jeanette Vancho Little Garrett, 17th of March, 1893 to 15th of September, 1970, was an Irish medium and parapsychologist. Garrett's alleged psychic abilities were tested in the 1930s by Joseph Ryan and others. Ryan claimed that she had genuine psychic abilities, but subsequent studies were, were unable to replicate his results. And Garrett's abilities were later shown to be consistent with chance guessing. Garrett elicited controversy after the R101 crash when she held a series of seances at the National Laboratory of Psychical Research claiming to be in contact with victims of the disaster. John Booth and others investigated her claims and found them to be valueless, easily explainable, or the result of fraud, unquote. Joseph Ryan was an American botanist who founded parapsychology as a branch of psychology. Well, John Booth was an American professional magician and author of books on the history of magic. The National Laboratory of Psychical Research, which applied science to psychic phenomena, operated in London, England between 1926 and 1938. Its founder was Harry Price, a psychic researcher and author who was well known for exposing frauds. It appears that we can't really separate other stories of the R101 disaster and that of Eileen Garrett. Holding seances claiming to be in contact with the victims of the disaster would seem to be putting her reputation on the line. The first seance associated with the R101 airship wasn't planned. The spirit of the late author and well-known spiritualist Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was intended to be channeled. The American Hauntings Inc. website describes the events of the seance on October the 7th, 1930, just two days after the R101 disaster. Quote, the event that established Eileen Garrett as a medium to reckon with though, was undeniably the seance that occurred in October 1930 with Harry Price. Shortly after the sitters gathered in the seance room, Eileen went into a trance. Instead of making contact with Conan Doyle as they had planned, the sitters heard a voice that announced himself as, uh, the sitters heard a voice that announced himself as Flight Lieutenant H. Carmichael Irwin. In sorrowful tones, the voice said, I must do something about it. The whole bulk of the dirigible was entirely and absolutely too much for engines' capacity. Engines too heavy. It was this that made me on five occasions have to scuttle to safety. Useful lift too small. Gross lift computed badly, informed control panel. And this idea of new elevators totally mad. Elevator jammed, oil pipe plugged. Flying too low altitude and never could rise. Disposable lift could not be utilized. Load too great for long flight. Cruising speed bad and ship badly swinging. Severe tension on the fabric, which is chafing. Engines wrong, too heavy, cannot rise. Never reached cruising altitude, same in trials. Too short trials. No one knew the ship properly. Weather bad for a long flight. Fabric or waterlogging, ship's nose is down. 
impossible to rise, cannot trim, almost scraped the roofs of Ashi, kept to railway, and inquiry to be held later will be found that the superstructure of the envelope contained no resilience and had far too much weight in the envelope. The added middle section was entirely wrong, too heavy, too much overweighted for the capacity of the engines, unquote. A dirigible is another name for an airship. Ashi is a small town in northern France. Somebody must have written down what was said. It was years before tape recorders. The reporter wrote everything down appears to have been a professional, but doesn't seem to be named anywhere. The article continues, quote, The reporter took this strange and frightening communication shorthand and first resented the intrusion of Irwin, the captain of the R101, when he had expected the voice of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. But he soon realised that he had unwittingly been part of a dramatic moment in psychical history. He published a story that was read by, among others, a Mr. Charlton, who had been involved in the R101's construction. Charlton asked Harry Price for a copy of the Seance Report. After studying it, he and his colleagues pronounced it an amazing document containing more than 40 highly technical and highly confidential details of what occurred during the airship's final flight. Charlton added, it appeared very evident that for anyone present at the seance to have obtained this information beforehand was grotesquely absurd. Charlton was so impressed by the evidence that he began his own psychic investigation and then ultimately became a spiritualist. The only theory that he could put forward to explain everything that happened was that Irwin did actually communicate with those present at the seance after his physical death, unquote. Apparently, there was a series of seances. Was there new information from the spirit world? There was a seance with the government official present, again from the American Hauntings Inc. website. Quote, before the official inquiry into the disaster, Major Oliver Villiers of the Ministry of Civil Aviation participated in a seance with Eileen Garrett. Through the medium, he heard the voices of others that had lost their lives in the crash. The following is a portion of a conversation that took place during the seance between Villiers and a crew member, Scott, one of the victims, speaking through Eileen. Villiers, what was the trouble? Erwin mentioned the nose. Garrett, yes, Gerda trouble, an engine. Villiers, I must get this right. Can you describe exactly where we have the long struts labelled from A to G? Garrett. The top one is O and then A, B, C and so downward. Look at your drawing. It was starboard at 5C. On our second flight after we had finished, we found the girl had been strained, not cracked, and this caused trouble to the cover. Later, Villiers asked Scott if the girl had broken and gone through the airship's covering. Garrett, no, not broke, but cracked badly, and it split the outer cover. The bad rent in the cover on the starboard side of 5C brought about an unnatural pressure forced us into our first dive. The second was even worse. The pressure of the gas bags was terrific, was terrific, and the gusts of wind were tremendous. This external pressure, coupled with the fact that the valve was weak, blew the valve right off, and at the same time the release gas was ignited by a backfire from the engine. The Court of Inquiry report later showed that practically every one of these statements was correct. Not a single one of them was incorrect." Unquote. Was that the end of the story? Not quite. Not quite. It was later revealed that Eileen Garrett at the time had a lot of research done on the crash. Quote, after the death of Eileen Garrett in 1970, Archie Jarman, a researcher and writer who had known her for nearly 40 years, 
revealed that she'd asked him to dig into the famous R101 airship case as deep as I could delve. Jarman agreed to do so and refused to accept any fees or expenses for Eileen, so that whatever his investigation disclosed, it would be seen that he worked without fear or favour, he later wrote. The complete saga, so often briefly mentioned, turned out to be a pretty massive affair. It took nearly six months and finally 455 pages of typescript and blueprints. It involved two trips to France, seeking a few remaining witnesses, witnesses at Beauvais, where the R11 crashed. There were conferences with aeronautic experts, such as the, the designers of the R01, R101's heavy diesel engines, which were partly responsible for the fatal crash and with the aging and active captain of the sister ship, R1, R100, unquote. So it appears that Eileen Garrett could have conducted the seances with some level of technical knowledge, suggesting possibly some level of fakery. Yes, Rational Wiki states that Garrett herself didn't believe that she contacted the spirit world. But I think we're going to have to pick this up after the break. Yes, we'll continue after the short break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by shaman worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. 
Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. SIMULTV.com. Shamanic healing is the key to personal empowerment. Why? All four levels of our being, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, must be addressed for us to enjoy balanced, healthy, abundant lives. Yet there are few provisions for spiritual or energetic healing. Shamanism, found at the root of all cultures, is a very effective spiritual healing modality. To find quality shamanic healing you can trust, regardless of where you live, look no further than find your Path Home Long Distance Shamanic Healing Program. All Path Home Long Distance Healing Practitioners have been trained and certified through Path Home Shamanic Heart School. Change your life. Live abundantly. Schedule a long-distance shamanic healing session with Gwilda Wiecka or one of her quality practitioners today at findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we are discussing Eileen Garrett and her seances about the R101 aircraft. Dad, can you please continue or actually start the quote about Garrett not believing that she may have even contacted the spirit world? Yes, quote, as a child in, into her youth, Garrett showed symptoms of a dissociative identity disorder and she, report, and she reported to have her voices that were not real. She also experienced delusional fantasies and hallucinations. Garrett did not believe in life after death and attributed her supposed spirit controls in her sciences to the product of her own subconscious, unquote. Let's switch gears to Jean Dixon, who is well-known in the United States as well as in other countries. Wikipedia provides an overview of her early life. Quote, Dixon was born Lydia Emma Pinkert, one of the 10 children born to German Roman Catholic immigrants, Gerhardt and Emma Pinkert, in Medford, Wisconsin, but raised in Missouri and California. Dixon's birth date was often reported as 1918, and Dixon would offer this date to reporters, at one point even producing a passport to this effect. But she once testified in a deposition that she was born in 1910. And an investigation by a reporter for the National Observer, who interviewed family members and examined official records, concluded she was born in 1904, unquote. She wouldn't be the first celebrity to claim being younger than they really are. But how did Jean Dixon get started? According to the Vintage News website, with the help of a crystal ball, quote, according to her biography, Dixon grew up in Southern California, where her father owned a car dealership, together with Hal Roach, a pioneer in American film and television for producing Lauren Hardy. At a certain moment in her youth, she was approached by a gypsy fortune teller was offered a crystal ball and a palm reading. She was then told that a great future awaited her, one in which she would become a famous clairvoyant whose advice would be sought by the fam- by famous and important people. It seems she decided to follow her destiny and later in life she became an astrologist, writing horoscope articles that were nationally syndicated. But Dixon also started to make her first predictions. In some cases, she used the crystal ball to enhance her psychic abilities. And indeed, some famous people started to consult with her, unquote. Who were among the famous who consulted with her? 
The first notable, apparently, was FDR, as explained by the Vintage News website. Quote, first on the list of these famous people was President Franklin D. Roosevelt, who was in dire need of a vision or divine intervention during the harsh days of World War II. Dixon was called to his office in 1944 to give him advice on some military and personnel issues. If this information is true, it means that some of the military decisions during this year were possibly made according to Dixon's predictions. Allegedly, Roosevelt was interested in knowing how much longer the war would last. And Dixon told him it would last no longer than the middle of 1945. The war ended close to Dixon's alleged prediction, but of course, Roosevelt died on April the 12th, 1945. So he didn't see it. He didn't see it, unquote. Jean Dixon claimed that her visions and prophecies were all God-given. What else did she predict? The coming of a new age, again from the same article, quote, Another of Dixon's more spectacular visions was, one, was the one she had at dawn on February the 5th, 1962. In this vision, she predicted the coming of a new age. Dixon claimed she saw a glowing orb on, in the vicinity of Earth from which the Egyptian pharaoh and queen Nefertiti holding a child came out. The child was godlike with eyes that contained wisdom. Nefertiti left the child on Earth and then returned to her past to the time during which she was killed. According to Dixon's explanation of her own vision, the death of Nefertiti signed, it signified the end of the, an era. She believed that the age of Aquarius was coming, an age in which a new Messiah would be born and eradicate the world from war and violence. This, according to Dixon, was so, supposed to happen in 2000, in 2000. But evidently, we still have many wars and much violence, and a new Messiah is nowhere to be found, unquote. The New Age prediction was not original. Alice Bailey, a well-known psychic associated with the Theosophy Society, was known for her New Age predictions decades earlier. But she was in turn predated by an article published as early as 1894, according to Wikipedia. But Alice Bailey, who could some consider to be the founder of the New Age movement, apparently didn't include a new messiah in her predictions. Which other famous people did she work with? President Ronald Reagan and First Lady Nancy Reagan, as well as President Richard Nixon. She told Reagan in 1962, or Ronald Reagan in 1962, that he would be president one day. He was elected to office in 1980. She also advised Oprah Winfrey, who stated in 2007, 30 years later, that she would become very famous with audiences of millions. Earlier in January of 1942, she advised Hollywood actress Carol Lombard that it would be dangerous for her to travel by plane for the next six weeks, soon after Lombard was killed in the plane crash. The New World Encyclopedia has more about her famous predictions. Quote, she also predicted in the, the 1947 partition of India, said that the Korean War would end in stalemate and forecast Joseph Stalin's death in 1953. On May the 14th, 1953, Dixon famously said on NBC television, a silver ball will emerge from Russia to travel in space. Four years later, Russia shocked the world when it launched the Sputnik satellite. Dixon also warned UN Secretary General, uh, Dag Hammarskjöld not to fly in a plane in which he crashed and died in 1961. Unquote. But we have to mention a prediction of the Kennedy assassination. Kennedy's assassination was not going to be prevented by a psychic prediction, however credible the source. 
But I wonder, are there psychics that we don't know about that work for the governments? The New World Encyclopedia describes the Kennedy assassination prediction. Quote, Dixon is best known, however, for predicting election and assassination of President John F. Kennedy. In the May 13, 1956 issue of Parade magazine, she wrote that the 1960 presidential election would be dominated by Labour and won by a Democrat, and would then be, who would then be assassinated or die in office, though not necessarily in his first term. Critics point out that, like many psychics who claim credit for predicting the future, Dixon actually hedged her bet in the case of Ke- bet in the case of Kennedy, although the 1956 prediction of a Democratic Democratic winning the election and then being assassinated was widely reported. Dixon also said to have later predicted 1960 that Kennedy would in fact lose the election. Arguing in her favour, however, was that was the fact that friends reported that in the weeks before Kennedy's death, she had been increasingly anxious about his safety. On the morning of November the 22nd, 1963, the day that Kennedy was killed, she told them, this is the day it will happen, unquote. It sounds like she was correct a lot of the time, but not 100%. But I don't know of any psychics that would claim to be right all the time. But if they weren't confident with their predictions, why would they be taken seriously? We have a little bit of time for one more psychic. That's Jane Roberts. Her life is described in her own Wikipedia page. Quote, Dorothy Jane Roberts, May 8, 1929 to September 5, 1984, was an American poet, self-proclaimed psychic and spirit medium who claimed to channel an energy personality and called himself Seth. Her publication of Seth text, known as the Seth Material, established her as one of the preeminent figures in the world of paranormal phenomena, unquote. How did Roberts discover the existence of Seth? Wikipedia provides an explanation. Quote, in late 1963, Jane Roberts and her husband, Robert Butts, experimented with a Ouija board as part of Roberts' research for a book on extrasensory perception. Roberts and Butts claims that they began to receive coherent messages from a male personality on December 2, 1963, who later identified himself as Seth. Soon after, Roberts reported that she was hearing messages in her head, unquote. She continued challenging, channeling Seth for 21 years, abandoning, abandoning the Ouija board along the way. Who is Seth and what did he have to say? According to Wikipedia, Seth describes himself as a teacher providing information new ways for each succeeding generation through the centuries. Also, the information is based on a principle that consciousness creates matter that, and that each individual creates his or her own reality through thoughts, beliefs, and expectations. Change can only be affected by the point of power, with an individual only being able to affect change in the present moment. With that, it's time for the first question. Why do so many continue to claim psychic powers when it appears that only a limited number are reliable? Basically, with claims, anyone can make a claim. So it basically falls on the person if they're being truthful, if they truly believe that, and there are many factors involved. But in a way, anyone can have psychic powers. It just depends on the extent of them. What is the best way to determine whether a psychic can be trusted? Basically following your own intuition. So some people prefer to test the psychic. 
Others prefer to just let them talk and see if they are if they prove themselves, and also by word of mouth. So going to someone who other people have went to and had a positive experience with, and you know them personally. So not going for so-called famous psychics, but instead it's better to go with someone a little bit more small time where you can build this trusting relationship with. Don't think we got time for the next question before the break, Justina. Yes, we'll continue after this short break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. skeptic or a believer join me rob mcconnell as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the exxon radio tv show on xzbn and the exxon tv channel on simul tv since 1990 the exxon radio tv show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard together we'll investigate ufos aliens ghosts bigfoot psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, X-Zone Radio TV. For more information on the X-Zone Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.xzoneradiotv.com or www.xzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. For the break, we're going through the questions and the psychic insight about famous psychics. Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Is it possible for a true psychic to become extremely wealthy? It's possible, yes, but it depends how they get this wealth. 
So, for example, their wealth might be inherited or maybe through doing readings for money. It just may be accumulation of wealth through so many readings. So it's not really about the money per se, but more about the person if they are being greedy and are just out for money. On October 7, 1930, just two days after the R101 airship disaster, during Eileen Garrett's seance, why wasn't contact made with the spirit of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle as intended, but instead contact was made with the spirit of Flight Lieutenant H. Carmichael Irwin? During readings, it's almost impossible to control 100% what spirit you are talking to, especially during a seance. So the spirit that wants to talk has a more meaningful message in their mind will come through first. So that's why the other spirit came through. As related by Flight Lieutenant Irwin, was the bulk of the airship too much for the engine's capacity? Yes. Were the engines too heavy? Yes. Did Flight Lieutenant Irwin on five occasions have to, as he described, scuttle the safety? Yes. Was the idea of the new elevators ill-founded? You could say that, yes. They should have been designed differently. Did the elevator jam and did the oil pipe plug? That was part of it, yes. There was a series of events that caused other mechanical issues as well, but that was the starting. Was there no ability to rise from a too low altitude? Yes. Why couldn't the disposal lift be utilised? Basically, it wasn't thought of, so it wasn't used. Was the load on the airship too great for a long flight? Yes, that's correct. Was the airship incapable of reaching cruising altitude? That could be said, yes. Did the airship almost scrape the roofs of houses in the French town of Ashen? Yes, they came very close. Why was there a professional reporter, reporter capable of taking shorthand at the first seance? Basically because the person had interest at the seance. So surprisingly, a lot of reporters actually go and talk to mediums and go to these seances since they are trying to get a story. Was any of the information regarding the airship's behavior and crashing available before the seance? Some of it was, yes. Was the information accurate and reliable? That could be said, yes. Did Flight Lieutenant Irwin actually communicate with Eileen Garrett as a spirit who had passed as a result of the crash? Yes, he did. Before the official inquiry into the R101 disaster, why did Major Oliver Villiers of the Ministry of Civil Aviation participate in a seance with Eileen Garrett? Basically, since he wanted more information. So during a grieving process especially, People are very vulnerable and do almost anything to get the information they desire, especially when it's a very tragic death. So he wanted to get more information by any means possible, which included going to the seance. During the latest seance, was the crew member Scott correct that there was a girder and engine trouble? Technically, yes, since there were multiple mechanical issues once a series of events occurred. Had the girders split the airships out of covering without fracturing? No, that's not true. Did a split in the outer covering force the airship into its first dive? Not exactly, no. There were the other mechanical issues that caused the first nose dive. Due to pressure on the gas bags with gusts of wind, did the gas valve blow right off and force the airship into its second dive? That is correct, yes.
Were the R101's heavy diesel engines partly responsible for the fatal crash? Yes, they were. Again, it was a series of mechanical failures, so it wasn't just one part broken, but many things went wrong. Were the crew members Scott's statements during the latest seance proven to be correct following the course of inquiry? Most of them were. There were smaller mechanical details that weren't correct 100%, but mostly details were correct. In 1970, 40 years later, was research and writer Archie Jarman correct in that he assisted Eileen Garrett in digging into the famous R101 airship case as deep as he could delve? There was assistance, yes. Was there a level of fakery in Eileen Garrett's seances? To an extent, yes. She did have prior knowledge of the crash. So a lot of psychics and mediums will go into a situation without knowing any information. But she decided to do some research before the seance. Did Eileen Garrett know many details of the disaster before the latest seance with Major Villiers present? She knew some, yes, but some details did come out that she did not know. As a child, did Eileen Garrett show symptoms of a dissociative identity identity disorder, hearing voices that were not real? as well as experiencing delusional fantasies and hallucinations. That's what some professionals at the time diagnosed her with. But it was a different time where anyone who claimed to be hearing voices was diagnosed with something a lot more extreme. So today is a lot different with diagnoses and how people have to show multiple symptoms. So yes, but again, many people were diagnosed with the same disorder. Is it correct that Eileen Garrett did not believe in life after death and, and attributed her supposed spirits and her seances to the product of her own subconscious? Yes, she had different beliefs from, you could say, the more traditional ones that people have about the spirit world. What can you say about the psychic abilities of Eileen Garrett? That some of them are real, yes. So some of her seances, some of the information that came out was correct. However, she also did research a lot of the information. So it was a combination of the information she knew and a spirit who did communicate. So if she would have just followed her intuition, tried to be more genuine about the reading, it would have went even better. Changing subject to Jean Dixon, when was she born? 1918, 1910, or 1904? 1904. Why wasn't Jean clear about her date of birth? Time is a very hard concept, especially in regards to something happening so long ago. So there was confusion. In her youth, was Jean approached by a gypsy fortune teller to be told that she would become a famous clairvoyant whose advice will be given to the famous? Yes, she was. Why did people start to consult with her? Basically, since they trusted her and had this connection with her. So again, for breedings, it's very important to have the shared trust. When President Franklin D. Roosevelt consulted with Jean in 1944, did she provide advice on military and personnel issues? That's correct, yes. Were some of President Roosevelt's decisions at least partially based on advice provided by Jean Dixon? Yes and no. That's complicated since many people gave him advice. So it did not come from one source, but it came from many. So you could say that his advice could come from her, but overall he talked to many different people. Did Jean advise President Roosevelt that World War II would end no later than the middle of 1945? Yes, that is correct. 
1962, following a vision, did Jean predict the coming of a new age? Yes. Was the new age the age of, Aquar of Aquarius? That's a difficult concept, since after a certain period of time, there's always going to be a new age. So that's a very vague statement, but to kind of fill in the gaps, the age of Aquarius could be used. Why wasn't Jean's prediction correct that this would happen in the year 2000? Would a new messiah be born and eradicating the world from war and violence? Basically, a lot of predictions are off. So a lot of predictions are one, not always accurate, and two, may not be interpreted in the same way someone else is interpreting it. So for example, if someone says a new messiah is coming, that may mean that there's going to be some extreme change in someone entering the picture and causing this change. It doesn't necessarily mean a messiah is in the classical term. And for the new age, again, it is how someone interprets it. So that's the problem and issue with a lot of predictions, is that they can be interpreted one of a thousand ways. In January of 1942, did Jean advise Hollywood actress Carol Lombard that it would be dangerous for her to travel by plane for the next six weeks, with soon after Lombard being killed in a, in a plane crash? Yes, that is true. In 1962, did Jean tell Ronald Reagan he would be president one day? Yes. Is there anything you could say about Jean's advice over the years to Nancy Reagan? That she did give some very good advice and did help Nancy with a lot of decisions. But again, it's important to remember that every choice a person makes needs to be based on themselves and their own intuition and what they really think. And they shouldn't just take a psychic or medium's advice without thinking about it and consulting themselves first. Is there anything you could say about Jean's advice to President Richard Nixon? She was very vague with advice to him. So she didn't warn him a lot of the downfalls of his political career. So she was a lot more positive to him. And there was some resentment when more negative things were occurring in his life. Did Jean predict the 1947 partition of India? the Korean War ending in stalemate and Stalin's death in 1953. That's correct, yes. In 1953, did Jean state on NBC television that Russia would travel into space with the latest shock of the launching of the Sputnik satellite in 1957? Yes, that is correct. But we'll have to continue after the short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. 
Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I dot net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not so secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit iconquality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. 
You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we are going through the questions and the psychic insight about famous psychics. And we are discussing famous psychic Jean Dixon and her work. Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Did Jean Dixon warn UN Secretary General Dag Hammarskjöld not to fly in the plane that crashed and caused his death in 1961? She didn't warn him for that specific crash, but she did warn him for a period of time that he shouldn't fly. Are there psychics that we don't know about that actually work for governments? Yes, there are. There are many different people who work for the government. But again, it's always that the information is consulted through multiple different means, not just psychics. So, for example, you can see psychics even used on criminal cases. However, it's taking the information, but also proving it with physical evidence. So there's always two parts to it. In 1956, why did Jean write that the 1960 presidential election would be won by a Democrat who would then be assassinated or die in office, though not necessarily in his first term? Basically, that's information she got. So during a channeling session, that was information that she received. In 1960, why did Jean predict that Democrat Kennedy would lose the election going against her previous prediction? She didn't trust her original information, so she changed her mind when she saw the series of events unfolding. So again, it's very important to go with the first intuition, the first information, and not second-guess yourself. In the weeks before Kennedy's death, had she become increasingly anxious about his safety? Yes, she was. On the morning of November the 22nd, 1963, the day that Kennedy was killed, did she state, this is the day it will happen? She did, but she wasn't very clear about what would happen. She just knew that something very bad was about to take place. Why can't a psychic be 100% accurate about their predictions? They're still human, so if they were 100% accurate, technically they wouldn't be human, since the human mind comes into play as well. So, for example, take her prediction about Kennedy. Her original prediction was true, but her human mind was second-guessing it thinking about the series of events, and didn't believe the original information. And it's almost impossible for anything to be 100% accurate, since the future isn't fully laid out. So there's a timeline to follow, yes, but events can change, the timeline can shift. So let's say someone makes a huge decision, such as going to war, for example. That can shift a bunch of the timelines. A bunch of people's lives and their own timelines can change. And that one decision can cause a different series of events. So large events are usually laid out into time. However, each little personal life can shift and change, and that's why predictions can't always be accurate, unless obviously the person already has seen the future. So again, it's the human part in the time that people are in right now. What can you say about the psychic abilities of Jean Dixon? They were very strong, and she did help a lot of people. But again, with coming with the help, there is always this more anxiety and fear about knowing some future predictions, where you are an edge to know if they really will come true. You're worried about people. And when you see them unfold and actually happen, makes one more and more scared. So at the end of the day, she was scared about her psychic abilities and accepting them. 
What purpose do psychics have in making predictions while not being able to prevent disaster? They can provide advice, though. In many cases, it can help someone with, for example, don't get on that plane, don't take the next flight, etc. But if someone if someone's time to pass away, no matter what a psychic or anyone says to them, it's still going to occur. And with predictions, again, people really do want to know their future, but it's always advisable that people live their lives and they make choices towards their future. So they really think about their own future and not just follow someone else's advice. Changing subject to Dorothy Roberts, why did she research, uh, why did she and her husband take the risk to experiment with a Ouija board as part of her husband's research for a book on extrasensory perception? She didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. So honestly, she thought it was more of a toy. Why would anything positive come out of a session with a Ouija board? There's a small chance that once the door is open, something positive could occur. However, the chance that something negative could occur is much greater. Before the Ouija board sessions, did Dorothy Roberts have psychic and mediumship abilities? They were vague, yes, so there was some type of ability. Why was the use of a Ouija board necessary? She didn't know how to use the abilities whatsoever, so she wanted to use this as more of a tool. Did Dorothy Roberts channel an energy personality who called himself Seth? Yes. Did Dorothy Roberts subsequently hear messages from Seth in her head? Yes. For 21 years, did Dorothy Roberts hold regular sessions in which she went into a trance while speaking on behalf of Seth? That could be said, yes. As described by Roberts, is Seth an energy personality essence no longer focused in physical matter? It's a lot more complicated than that, whereas Seth does not have a physical body nor lived a physical life on Earth. Therefore, yes, it's an energy, but it's not an energy as they're thinking, where it is something more positive. It's more of an energy that wants to explore the physical world. Has Seth completed his earthly reincarnations while speaking from an adjacent plane of existence? No, that's not true. Is Seth a teacher providing material from himself and others in new ways for each succeeding generation through the centuries? No. Are the core teachings of Seth material based on the principle that consciousness creates matter and that each individual creates his or her own, his or her own reality through thoughts, beliefs and expectations? That's the belief system that is taught, yes. Should the communication from Seth be trusted? A hundred percent, no. Does a point of power through which the individual can affect change exist only in the present moment? No, that's not true. Change can be caused through many different moments. It doesn't have to be the present one. What should a person consider when studying the material passed on by Dorothy Roberts on behalf of Seth? Make sure to follow your own intuition. So if it gives you a not-so-good feeling, make sure you stop following the material. If the material seems to relate to you, then always make sure to take it with a grain of salt. In this particular case, the way that Seth started communicating is very negative, and be advised that the material be only read under protection, when protection has already been put up. And to be very cautious of spirits that have not actually, or energies, as Seth, Seth calls himself, be very cautious when something comes to you. And it says it has never lived a physical life on Earth, and it's energy. So be very cautious of the use of the word energy. 
What can we learn from Doris Roberts and her psychic abilities, including the channeling of Seth? Be very cautious. So especially if you are going to share the work with others, make sure to be very cautious and you can put the information out there. But the people receiving it, it's their choice to believe it or not and interpret it how they want to interpret it. What is Seth's agenda? More of a control. So more of controlling her and sharing this information through her. So using her as more of a vessel for the information. However, the information, again, would have to be really formed or someone deciding if it's true or not. So no spirit, nothing will ever really come to you and give you all the answers and tell you that's the only way to believe. That's one of the telltale signs we're talking to something completely positive. A positive spirit will not come to you without you making your own decisions. But instead, a negative spirit lays out all the ready formed opinions. How do you trust the psychic as well as the information coming from the spirit world? Basically, the easiest way is that is by almost testing the information. So making sure that the information coming through includes details that could never be predicted by someone else. So, for example, if you have a great aunt that nobody in the family knew about, there's no connection, any form of social media, any sort of information that could be researched, test a little bit. But again, there is this cautionary where the spirit world will only release so much information. So just because a psychic doesn't pick up on that information right away, it doesn't always mean that they are not fully genuine. But just make sure you almost test the information in a way to where you build this trusting relationship. That was the last answer. It's psychic, psychic advice without the use of a recipient's intuition. Too good to be true. That depends on what you are prepared to believe. Okay, I guess a major takeaway for me, especially from the life of Jean Dixon, was that being a psychic and a famous one isn't really a bed of roses. I think the other takeaway that I had is you have to be very careful with who you're contacting or what you're contacting. So I know it's quite popular, especially when people are generally younger, to try to contact the other side, you could call it. But even psychics, mediums, um, anyone needs to be careful about putting up protection and who they're contacting. Yes, and our old friend Sir Arthur Conan Doyle keeps popping up in shows. It's pretty amazing. Well, on that note, I'll just take a moment to mention our Facebook page at Too Good To Be True with the first two spelled T-W-O and our Instagram page at T-W-O-G-T-B-T and we're still looking for people to interview so if you are interested on coming on the show and having us interview you going through the whole process uh, please contact us with a small bio uh, what you do um, just some things about yourself and as always we love hearing from the listeners so if you have any suggestions for future shows we'd still love to hear those But thank you to all the listeners, and we look forward to next week's show.